The Hit the Light Podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light Podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hit the Light Podcast with me, Big Frog, and... I am the stargazer, Mike Castleberry. And we are finally going to do the long-awaited, mostly long-awaited by us, <laughs> rainbow episode. There's like five people that listen to our podcast right. that were waiting for And they've, they've been waiting, man. They've been waiting. They've, been, they've waited a few weeks. Uh, no. We've had some difficulties in there. We had... Uh, uh, just to catch up, uh, Big Frog held down the fort on his own. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's a very good episode on guitar shredders and yes. the history shredders. of guitar and all that. Uh, I had gotten sick last week and didn't want to infect my co-host here. Right. Because then he would get sick and then, you know. And then pass it on. Yeah, and then he'd get Lonnie sick. And I like Lonnie. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I don't want that. That's important. And the week before that, uh, we mentioned before, we've been recording at uh, the San Diego Downtown Library. We yeah. Get a study room uh, every week for that. And uh, we have been told to uh, shut the fuck up yeah. at least once. Once. Uh, so well, good time. I, if you've been noticed, if you've noticed that we've been slightly quieter for a little while, it's because uh, we got, uh, uh, you know, the uh, library cops right <laughs> on us, which is good because it's less echoes yeah. that way too. So, but uh, it was closed for a staff training day, so we yeah. showed I, we showed up ready to record this episode, and it and, didn't happen, and it didn't happen. So, so we'll see. Maybe maybe uh, this one's gonna be way better. That it would have been, or maybe it's going to suck more. Who knows? We'll I don't see. think any of our episodes have outright sucked. Nah. So I think uh, I think we've been getting better as we get along. Here we go. Yeah. We got a little things like structure. And right. <laughs> themes. Right. Speaking of which, we are starting all our episodes with the metal news, the current events of the day. And right now... Obviously, if you if you looking at the headlines on the internet, it is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame time. Oh, my favorite time of year! Yes, don't you just wait for it? Oh, every year I get to. <sighs> Who are the nominees gonna be? I legit, you know, that's the thing though. Is every year I get excited, and then every year I'm like, ah, oh, this shit's whack. Yeah, you know. And the thing is though is. You know, everybody clowns on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? And it's bullshit until your dude gets in. Right, you know. Right. So for years, I was like, man, it's kind of fucking fuck it, man. It does. It, they don't respect metal. Yeah. They do. Don't. They don't. You know, none of that shit. And then Black Sabbath finally got in. Right. So you're like, maybe. Yeah. You know, and then and then you're gonna look forward to seeing the jam too because yeah. some of your dudes are gonna be in there. Yeah, and then the funny thing is, is Black Sabbath didn't play right. their induction yeah. despite the fact that they were. A band that was together yeah. at that point. Yeah, su- supposedly. And Metallica played a couple of Black Sabbath covers. Right. And then I think it was the very next year Metallica got in. Right. So I was like, okay, my dudes right. are in. Like, I feel a little bit better. And, and it makes for a better show. Yeah. And True. then I mean, my, my favorite thing when Metallica got inducted was uh, during James Hetfield's speech, he was excited that, you know, that they're inducted. 
Mm-hmm. And then he just sat down and started rattling off bands that deserve to be in before them. Right. So he was like, put in Deep Purple, put in Rainbow, yeah. put in, you know, Motorhead, yeah. UFO, you right. know, he just, Iron Maiden, Judas yeah. Priest, like he was going, just rattling right. off all these bands. Right. And it's really, since then, you know, Metallica got in and then... Uh, yeah, it hasn't been a whole lot. Like what? I mean, Deep Purple got in as right. we covered. Which correction on the Deep Purple one? We leaned in real hard on the, uh, uh, you know, the Mark II version was the only one in. Right. And Wrong. We've never said that we're experts, and right. apparently we've never said we fact check, and we need to start doing that a right. little more. But Mark One, Two, II, and Three were got all it. inducted. So David Coverdale's in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, Glenn Hughes is in the Hall of Fame. I know you're really excited right. for that. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's, uh, Especially, I like Coverdale, man. Uh, I've always, like, <clears throat> I always liked his voice, and I just always thought that, like, the style of music that he was playing, I just didn't really like. Until yeah. later, and then... And then once I started really liking what he was doing, which was around Slide It In, then it went like all the way commercial. Yeah. So that was like very short lived too. Yeah. So, so there was whatever. like this hot minute where you really you liked White Snake. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I can see that because when he you you said you weren't you didn't really dig on um, his time in Deep Purple. Right. You don't really like those albums very much. There's a couple really. songs. There's you songs like, I like, yeah. But not. And the there's albums. songs I like in the in the old White Snake yeah. shit too. And but. then old White Snake, you know, a lot of people kind of clowned on them for yeah. being kind of a Led Zeppelin ripoff. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. But, but the, it was like whatever, yeah, blues rock. Yeah. You know, I think it's a little unfair to Coverdale in the sense that like. He was established at that point. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to be like this guy? This is a, a knockoff of something when he's already established himself right. as a credible lead right. vocalist with Deep Purple, right? And and at the same time as as Robert Plant, yeah, basically. So and so that was just kind of a little weird thing. It's like it, I think what happened is, um, everybody that did blues rock after. Led Zeppelin started getting labeled as like a Led right. Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which, I mean, to me, there's a few bands that clearly are. Yeah. And then the rest, just do your thing, man. Yeah. Fucking cares. If, if it's, it's blues based, it's blues based. Rock right. and roll is yeah. blues based. Yeah, exactly. All, you know, all fucking Led Zeppelin in some bands did was knock off blues right. singers. Which brings me to this, okay? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first of all, we need to define what rock and roll is, right? Yeah, there's a lot of shit that's... It's really the the popular music hall of fame. Yeah, you know, and, and which is cool, but, I mean, you know, <clears throat> call it that then, you know? Yeah. Um, to me, like, you know, I mean, I like rap music. I used to yeah. do it. I, it's, I like it. You know, the more gangster, the better. Mm-hmm. But it's electronic music, yeah. you know? It's fucking samplers and fucking turntables and fucking drum machines and fucking it's you know you can't like just get those all those things together and be like okay guys play a rock song yeah you know it just it's not heavy metal is much more closely related to rock and roll i mean it's rock hard rock 
heavy metal. It's right there. It's the same yeah. well, thread. Heavy you know? metal, I mean, it was really born out of the blues initially also. Yeah. They just took blues riffs and cranked them up and added distortion. Right. And it wasn't really until um, Judas Priest, which they were a bluesy right. rock band at first. Totally they and were. And then, you know, around No Life to Leather. Yeah. Uh, not No Life to Leather. Uh, um, uh, uh, Hellbent for Leather. Yeah, it, Killing Killer, Machine in killing Europe. Machine, yeah. Hellbent for Leather. There's too many songs about leather and metal. Yeah, there is. mixing them up. But yeah. uh, that's when they kind of took the blues out of it. Right. And they're like, this is what heavy metal is now yeah and that is the definitive heavy metal sound going i agree forward. i agree 100 you know it was that because then right after that you have the new wave of british heavy metal right iron maiden yeah diamond head and right tigers of pantang right and all that shit and they kind of right they they were and less they all have a song that has a riff that which is fucking Judas Priest yeah it's really that's the thing is that's why I think it's bullshit that Judas Priest like put them in the fucking Hall of Fame dude for sure they are easily the second most influential metal band right in history yeah it's Black Sabbath and Judas Priest yeah you know agreed um I would say Judas Priest, because of that, they're one of the top ten, probably top five most influential, you know, bands yeah. in history. Right. You know, right. it's, you know, you got the shit in the 60s, so you got the Beatles and mm -hmm. the Rolling Stones mm -hmm. and all that, and then, you know, Cream and bands like that, that like the bands of the 70s all right. were into. But Priest fucking changed the game completely. For sure. Like there For wasn't sure. there wasn't a definitive heavy metal. It was just like Black Sabbath was its thing and nobody was really calling it metal right. yet. No. Um It could have been anything from heavy rock to acid rock yeah. to fucking whatever they called all kinds of uh, fucking names they had for that shit. And yeah, they had, you know, their own niche carved out. Right. And then Priest comes along, and that's kind of the first time you could say, this is a heavy metal band. Right, and they embraced it. They said it. They yeah. fucking British Steel fucking quit it. You well, know? that's a, exactly, like Metal Gods yeah, and shit exactly. like that is, that's the difference. Yeah, they claimed it. Yeah, Black Sabbath never claimed it. Right. I don't know, they still don't call themselves a metal band. Yeah, I don't think so. You know. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll roll with the inventors and grand and grandfathers and all that shit. Oh, I'm sure. But, you know, but, yeah, I've never fucking, you know. <clears throat> Ozzy likes the Beatles, man. That's his shit. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's why, you know, it was the Beatles and Cream. Right. Were the two things that, you know, Ozzy and all the dudes in Sabbath were, were fucking jamming on. Right. And... Then it's just it's just kind of funny how a new genre starts because uh, they were just a bluesy band at first too, and then Iomi goes and fucks up his fingers and he mm -hmm. has to, you know, loosens the strings on his guitar, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden he has this new doomy and gloomy sound. Yeah, on accident. Yeah, and it changes then, shit, and that the whole thing changed from there. Yeah. And the best part about that, I still think, is like when they kind of realize they. We got this cool sound, but we're still called Earth. Yeah. Maybe then, not. 
And that's what, you know, they the movie Black Sabbath was playing mm-hmm. outside of a gig or something like that. Yeah. And that's, you know. Outside of the church basement yeah. where they used to play. Yeah, and then like Geezer sees that and he's like, ooh, I'm going to go fucking write a song called Black Sabbath. Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's call the fucking band Black Sabbath. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what if we just sat down, you know, yeah. and made music that gave you the same feeling that right. a horror movie does. Right. And then it's like, oh, these people, this audience, they don't know what to do because they we they can't dance. Yeah. So they're just like talking and shit. So we got to turn it louder. Yeah. So they fucking can't talk. <laughs> okay, there you go. Fuck and yeah. Headbanging was born. Yeah. Can't dance to this, but we can do this. Yep. Exactly. But now you said uh, the first and second. I would guess probably the third most influential metal band would be Maiden. I would say so. Yeah. Um, Who they might have a little more trouble getting into the Hall of Fame now because according to them, according to Bruce, it's bollocks. Bollocks, yeah. And when a British dude busts out bollocks, you know he means that shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you say? Something that it's a bunch of fucking, bunch of, bunch of wankers vote in there and, you know, take a fucking Valium and chill the fuck out or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is you get all these bands that, that's what's so interesting is some bands, they don't give a shit. Yeah, for sure. Iron Maiden doesn't give a shit no. if they ever get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No. They, they're they like, we're... They're Iron Maiden. Yeah, we're, our our legacy is cemented. Yeah. Um, Halford wants to get in. Yeah. he It means something to him. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is I think because Halford has been carrying the the metal torch right since like jump street right it means something to him i think it's less about him maybe it is it feels like it's less about may you know judas priest and more about you know this is something we embraced right and i they realize it means something to the fans for sure you know, for sure, it doesn't. Glenn Tipton too. That yeah, would, that would be a cool thing right now. Yeah, well, he's still because around. that's another thing, man. That I ha- that I have uh, issue with not just the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but fucking all of the Hall of Fames. Yeah. Like you know, I was like every year, you know, when when everything was as it should have been. Um, every year, I was like, Don Coryell needs to get in. He needs to get yeah. in. He needs to get in. Well, then he died, you know? Yeah. And there's still people going, Don Coryell needs to get in. Well, now I really don't give a shit because he's yeah. not alive to, to even go to enjoy, you know? Yeah, his family gets to go and all that. You know, yeah. so it's too late for Dio. It's too late for, you know, for other dudes that, you know, yeah, it's, too late. it's a bummer. Yeah, it's too late for Lemmy. You yeah. Know, it's, it would have been cool to see, you know, Motorhead get in while Lemmy was still around. Right. And exactly. I think everybody just figured Lemmy was going to be around forever. Yeah. And, and with Motorhead, I mean, they're all dead. All the original dudes are dead. Yeah, the original so, band's fucking yeah. done. So it's, uh, yeah, it does, it's... They were Motorhead. <laughs> yeah, and they were, yeah. well, and they did play rock and roll. Yeah, you know? they sure but, did. But, but not enough for the Hall of Fame, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. I mean... All sucks. right. Yeah, I know, you know, which, I know what you mean, though. Like, most of our... Metal heroes are aging or dead. For sure. So it's less... For sure. It's less of a thing. Yeah. You know? It's like, I'm a pro wrestling fan. It's like WWE didn't put 
Macho Man Randy Savage in their Hall of Fame until after he died. Right. Yeah. It's cool See? that he was he was in, but yeah, because it's always like leverage for something or like, yeah. oh fuck that guy, he fucking pissed me off because whatever he went to yeah. the enemy, whatever you know. Well, that's a funny thing when we you know we talk about Kiss a lot and um, when they, it's one of those things where people are like, oh Kiss finally got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a finally. Yeah. They agreed to do it. Yeah. Apparently they've been like, they could have been in years ago. Right. But. You know, they were getting enough of a paycheck. Yeah. To go show up. And right. And, and all that. To do it right. Or yeah. they were balking because they only wanted to have the four original members. Right. In and shit like that. And so it's like, and for some reason, Kiss, they're the most commercial band of all commercial bands, but they like to pretend like they're these outsiders. Yeah. You know, like the establishment. Yeah. Never took us seriously, right? And it's like, yeah, man, because you're fucking, you're fun, but yeah. you're not what I'd call like serious, right? Like, hey, music. I wonder now that uh, now that magazines aren't a thing no more. I wonder who people are gonna blame. They, they can't blame Rolling Stone no more. Yeah, for well, for hating on them or whatever. Well, They'd have Paul, to hate, talk to somebody else. Paul just did an interview not that long ago with the Rolling Stone uh, podcast. Thing. Oh, jeez! Wow. They got the guys hosting that were just kissing all kinds of Paul Stanley ass. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's funny because Paul is he's a fucking you know what? Did you ever hear him on Rogan? Uh, you know I did hear him on Rogan. Um. Did you uh, the one I was gonna talk about was when he was on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast? Oh no, I haven't heard that. Well, here's what what happened was Paul is a little bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and he heard through the grapevine. I guess D. Snyder of Twisted Sister was on uh, Eddie Trunk, mm-hmm. and they were talking, and Kiss came up. Mm-hmm. And Dee Snyder, he's never claimed to be, like, bigger than Kiss or anything like that. And right. Eddie talked about he's, this is why he doesn't get to talk to Kiss anymore. He's, for a decade now, he thinks it's bullshit. Yeah. With, you know. With the fake. With the with the fake spaceman and face yeah. cat man and all that yeah. shit. And he's like, no, they were dressed like Tommy and, you know, they're, yeah. they're fucking dressed like uh, Peter and Ace. Yeah. So they talked about that, and D was saying how he's like, you know, I'm not, I don't dig on that either. I don't yeah. really like that. And uh, so Chris Jericho, at the very end, he's he's talking to Paul Stanley, and uh, they were the the entire interview up until that point was just talking about the making of Kiss Alive. Okay. And then he's like, hey, uh, I guess on this podcast or with this and that, um, uh, D Snyder. Uh, he kind of made some mention about how he doesn't really like Tommy and, you know, Eric in the makeup, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem that cool to him, this and that. You know, it wasn't very, it wasn't, like, overly harsh. Right. And Paul just immediately, he's like, what do you have to say about that? He's like, well, D. Snyder's always just been a wannabe. He's a loser. His band are a bunch of, of buffoons. <laughs> and just fucking shit. Wow. Over Twisted Sister, man. And you know what? Twisted Sister, you know, D. Snyder's always been very honest about his standing when people are like, do you think Twisted Sh- Sister should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? He's like, right. no. 
Yeah. He's like, we had a couple good hits, and I like our music, but we've never had the impact. Right. But they're a fucking good metal band. Yeah, like if you actually listen to the album, oh, totally. Aside from the totally. two hits, and they're really good live. Yeah, they have some really fucking cool, just straight up heavy metal songs yeah. on there. Yeah, and I don't know. It's yeah. just well, apparently, D has been just talking mad shit about Paul ever since then. He got real fucking pissed. Oh yeah, about that. So. Yeah, on Rogan, he was super bent just with the piracy, like you know. Because, you know, Rogan thinks outside the box Yeah. all the time. It happens when you're fucking high. Yeah, exactly. So he's so he's talking about how, you know, yeah, you know, um, can you, does, you know, maybe the fact that they get your music for free, does it, like, create more interest in your live shows? Can you get it with it? And fucking Paul's just like, no, man, it's stealing. <laughs> Like, it's just like if they went into the record store and stole the records. And, yeah. You know, and, and he's like, well, yeah, it's a new... A-. And Paul is just like, no. Paul is very much on that. Like, I think Metallica learned their lesson after the Napster thing. Yeah. And that's why they have so much free content. Yeah, all kinds. On YouTube and their website. But Paul is just like, fuck YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's like if you're listening to my song on YouTube, then you're not listening on an album you bought. Right. And it's like, man, calm your tits, dude. No shit. You're good. You're good. You're taken care of, dude. Nobody wanted to listen to Sonic Boom anyway. Yeah. You motherfucker. Right. Uh, I mean, I love the music, but like, I don't (laughs) like the member. I mean, I have zero. I have zero opinion on Tommy because they don't let that fool speak. Yeah. I don't even know what he sounds like. That's true. Like, yeah, he could sound true. like fucking Gilbert Gottfried, yeah. for all I know, because he's just standing around and just, I play guitar. Yep, there I, you go, I happy play, to do it. I play guitar like Ace, yep. and they pay me a whole lot of money, and they do not pay me to talk. And there you go. So. All, all right. right. <laughs> so, to the episode. And I want to start with a trick question. Not a trick question, a surprise question. A surprise question. Yeah. Are you asking me a question? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, a few weeks ago, Deep Purple was here. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and you weren't that interested to go. No, not really. Go. Now, if Rainbow with a Ronnie Romero and all that came, you'd go, right? You know what? Shit. If it were like right when they first announced the new Rainbow, I might have. Okay. Now it's like, how much are tickets? Yeah. Because the the honeymoon phase of Blackmore being back playing the, those songs has worn off. Yeah. And I don't even really consider it a Rainbow. Yeah. It's Richie Blackmore and Friends. Right. Well, and, you know, fucking. I wouldn't even say friends, acquaintances, <laughs> yeah. and, and guys he's gonna fire. You know, Richie Blackmore and associates. Like, right. Well, that's the thing. It's just like he took. You know, he's got like the same drummer from Blackmore's Night, mm-hmm. and he's okay. Yeah. But he's he's he ain't fucking cozy yeah. how. Yeah. Like, no, the bass player is super lame. Yeah, they just it's not. He has a really great keyboardist. Uh, 
Jen Johansson yeah. from from Ingve's old band, original band. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's in some other shit too. Yeah, he's like, great. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head now. Yeah, but, but he's super. Yeah, yeah. So they got a very yeah they got a great keyboardist. That's mm-hmm. really what I fucking tuned into. Right, 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 right. Was the keyboards. Yeah. But the rest of the the backing band doesn't seem up to snuff compared to what it used to what it once was. Right. And and Richie doesn't. And Richie ain't Richie anymore. And right. Ronnie, the more you listen to him, it's like he's clearly the the least good singer that's been in any un- incarnation of Rainbow. With the least um, like personality in his voice or uniqueness well, or anything that like really special. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. because well he got hired because. Um, you know, fucking Candace. Candy, yeah, Candace. Yeah, she thought chick. he sounded like Dio. Well, it wasn't even she thought he sounded like Dio. She saw a YouTube video of this fucking Spanish dude singing Rainbow in the Dark. Yeah. And then she was like, "Hey, you should take a look at this." Yeah. And he's just like, "Oh, he sings pretty fucking good." Yeah. And then she's like, "Well, why don't you put a band together? Yeah. And do some Rainbow stuff again." It's like. He's his life now. She wanted to get him out of the house. Yeah, I guess his. I mean, <laughs> his life now is just like whatever his chick feels like doing. Yeah, he's like, I guess I'll do that. Yeah, he's so mellow now. But yeah, he's so like, he is. He is. And I would totally still go. Oh man! But I, but then he. The funny thing is, is he called? I guess it's one of them deals where he called up. Uh, the, you know, the, oh, yeah, the Ronnie guy. Yeah. and was like, this is Richie Blackmore. Yeah. yeah Ronnie right. just thought he was being fucking pranked. For sure. And I was like, no, this is really Richie Blackmore. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about putting together a new Rainbow. Would you be interested in being the lead singer? Yeah. And he's like, yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like you, you hired a guy that was doing a Dio impersonation. So it's just less good Dio. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. I mean, I. And then you know the thing about Richie, man, is like, he's gotten like, really strummy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's like not like digging into chords and shit. Like he's yeah. just like, kind of like he's playing a fucking mandolin or something. Yeah, well, that's what he's been doing for like. Oh, it's just so. not. But you know, I'm wondering if maybe here. Okay, I'll tell you what. Here is the situation that I would definitely buy a ticket. Mm. If you put that guy on like the keto diet and have him do some yoga or some shit and limber up, yeah, and get in a and get move around and get shit. in a good shape, kind of like you know, like when Mark Hamill before the new Star Wars movies was just a fat fuck, yeah, and then they got him in shape, right, for the movies, so he could do some things, yeah, yeah. So if like if he got into like rock and roll shape right and he like, he doesn't have to go flying around the stage right. blowing things up yeah he could just do like run, go through the paces but if it looks like he can play you know hard yeah cause I was thinking he, he played intensely yeah he played intensely for so long that when he's not right it's like you know I only can get away with just standing in one spot and right. doing his thing cause he's always done that yeah yeah. And it looks cool. Like, yeah. We were talking about that the last, you know, when we saw Sabbath during the, uh, their farewell. Right. Is I always one of the few dudes that can just stand in one spot mm-hmm. and be the coolest motherfucker on stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you see the band, you know, this last one we saw them, it's like 
it's a very reasonable representation of the band that's yeah. always been. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it's the majority of the founding members, and then they got a fucking insane drummer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to yeah. pick up the slack for, you know, yeah. the award not being able to do it. Yeah. Know? So this version of Rainbow is not that. No, it's not. No. It's, the, it's, it's the least good version of Rainbow. I mean, I don't know if there's any Rainbow tribute bands out there, yeah. but I feel like they'd probably be better to watch. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. If yeah. it was really good. If it was, uh, like, some, some just Blackmore nut that fucking, you know, could take it to that place. Yeah. yeah I'd rather see that. I was like, but, so. but like I said, I would totally go. Just because, just because I, I have to go. So let's, let's <laughs> delve into the birth of Rainbow, birth shall of we? Rainbow. I got notes and everything. I decided right. to come prepared today. But really, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Rainbow, it's, you can't tell the story of Rainbow without talking about Elf. Right. For a little bit. Right. Because, you know, that's, where it's interesting how it all started was Elf with, you know, Ronnie James Dio's first band mm. um, was originally, you know, it's it's it had multiple names. Yeah. It was like the Electric Elves and Ronnie and the Prophets. And yeah. Ronnie Dio and the, the Prophets or something like that. And yeah. it went through incar in, incarnations. But right. these are all dudes Ronnie grew up with. Right. And, you know, they s cut a few moderately successful albums mm -hmm. in the 70s, you know, the early 70s. And they got to open for Deep Purple and shit like that. So they got a little success based off that mm -hmm. to the point where Ronnie sang vocals on a couple of tracks on this weird fucking um, Roger Glover solo project, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you've listened to that. It's like no. the... The uh, the butterfly ball and all oh, this shit. It's fucking weird. It, it was originally apparently a John Ford project, and then he wasn't able to finish it up. So Roger Glover just jumped in, and so it's uh, Roger Glover's something 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 butterfly ball, and it's based off of some poem oh, that's wow. really big in England at the time, and it's like all fanciful, and so you got Dio doing a couple songs right. in there. It's not metal at all. Right. It's like if. It's like having one of the members of Deep Purple try to do their own Sgt. Peppers right. type thing. So it's kind of out there. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, I'll have to um, check it out. The Dio songs are good. Okay. I listened to the album in the, for the most part a couple weeks ago, and it's like, this is some fucking whack shit for right. the most part. But whatever. It wasn't. It's not for me. Right. But, uh, you know, after during all this time, you know, Elf got to open for Deep Purple. So Richie... He's, he sees Dio. Right. He's like, this guy can fucking sing. Right. And I guess they, they met up and hung out at the, the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Okay. The famous Rainbow famous Bar and Grill. Rainbow Bar and Grill. And uh, started talking about jamming. And what really came out, what happened was, um, you're on the same boat with Blackmore's Glenn Hughes. <laughs> you don't like the fact that he changes the sound and course of the band whenever he joins it. Blackmore didn't like that either. Yeah. That's where I made that joke earlier today. He referred to Glenn Hughes as that fucking shoeshine music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he didn't like it. It was too funky. Yeah. This and that. And that was not what he signed up yeah. for. And he was losing control in the band. It's funny when Richie says shit like that. Because, yeah. like, earlier today I was hearing something where he called... Uh, 
uh, Graham bought it, Mr. Vegas. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, I guess he has his nicknames for everyone. But, uh, so, he, uh, he had two songs that he pitched that to, to Deep Purple, mm-hmm. and they were Black Sheep of the Family and 16th Century green, green Sleeves. Right. So, they shot it down. Mm-hmm. No, we don't want to record those songs. Yeah. So he was like, oh, fuck that. I really want to record these songs. I don't know why he wanted to record Black Sheep of the Family so Me fucking either. much. Because that's like my least favorite. I fucking hate that fucking song. song. 16th Century Green Sleeves, I fucking love Yeah, that. I love that song. So, yeah. you know, 50-50 on that. Right. So he starts talking to Dio. Yeah. And says, you know, hey, would you and your band be interested in jamming with me mm-hmm. and recording these two songs? Mm-hmm. And Dio said, yeah, sure, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And they jammed, and, you know, he was, at this point, Blackmore's still a member of Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. And they, apparently, they got goosebumps. The, the, yeah. the chemistry was there. Right. And they were like, all right, well, we need to do a full album now. Yeah. We need to make this a thing. So Blackmore, that was in uh, 1975. So right. he was recording... Um, recording those songs while still in Deep Purple and then he gave them his resignation in June of 75 mm-hmm. and that's when they decided to record the entire album Right. and uh, apparently the goosebumps were short lived because he fired the entire band except for Dio immediately right. after the album was finished so this right. is a thing I learned today Right. that the first incarnation of right. Rainbow never played live right they cut an album, and then all the guys from Elf were done. Right. They're... Yeah, two things. One, I've, I've, I figured, like, like in my mind, the way it worked was, like, okay, like, Dio's, like, the hot chick, right? Uh-huh. And Richie's, like, yeah, come on, come on, you know, just, like, yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want. And then once I got you, then it's, like, man, you know what? This, this got to change. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, but... I was under the impression that that they like did a year together. That yeah. they like because I was thinking, well, at least they got that. At least they got to go on tour and at least whatever, whatever, whatever. Nope. But no, yeah, wow, that sucks. They brought in uh, uh, Tony Carey on keyboard, Cozy Powell on drums, and uh, it was Jimmy Bain or some shit. My handwriting right. is garbage, but right. he brought them in after. Right fired everybody right and then toured yeah now i did a little bit of research on the on the dudes that were that were fired right mm-hmm. and uh one of them went on to um do a project with roger glover mm-hmm. one of them was uh briefly in the band gillen okay right and um and the other one, oh, one of them died. One, one of them died, got yeah. killed. <laughs> yeah, in some kind of bar, outside of a bar or something, Jeez. something like that. So um, basically, they, you know, one of them, like, you know, he, he like has a day job, but he like gigs in New Jersey and shit yeah. and whatever. Uh, so basically, it's just you know that that call from Richie to that that's it. Pretty much that was it. You know that that's. Change their uh, the trajectory of their careers. Yeah, I mean, so, that's a bummer. It's you know, it's interesting in the sense that you know he he didn't like the bass playing, said it was too right. punky. And yeah, 
I mean, really, here's the thing. I I like the first Richie Blackmore's Rainbow album. I love it. It's a very good album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you listen to it, it definitely sounds like Elf plus Richie Blackmore. Yeah. If you listen to the Elf albums, there's that same kind of vibe, which Elf is kind of funny because you would think they would have been like um, that same kind of medieval vibe with a mm-hmm. name like Elf. Yeah. And they're like a a blues, very southern yeah. sounding. Yeah. You know, it's their second album is uh, Carolina County Ball. And yeah. Shit like that. And it's fun if you like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it, does, it you can tell that Richie didn't have the full control mm-hmm. that he wanted. Right, yeah. right. And then also, too, man, I mean, like, I don't think that, you know, anybody would have considered Elf to be, you know, one of the great bands of the world. No. You know, and Richie at that time could put together one of the best bands yeah. in the world. That so, he had I mean, the, he why had not the, do that? You know, I mean... He had the pull for that, plus he brought out that next level with Dio. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those Elf albums and stuff, He, you can tell he's got a great voice, mm-hmm. but he's not pushing it right. all that much. Right. He's keeping it more in that bluesy range, and with Rainbow... Richie pushed him. Mm-hmm. He even admits he pushed him. Yep. And that's really when Dio became Dio. Right. Was with was with Rainbow. Right. And that, I mean that changed the trajectory of his career forever too. Right. And he's had a legendary career. Yeah. Because of this. But uh yeah, that was kind of an interesting the thing to realize that that he fired everybody right after right. finishing the album. So when those dudes get fired and then these dudes get hired, and I'm gonna take it one more step to where to where uh, Bob Daisley replaces Jimmy Bain, right? So, well, you're uh, that is Bob Daisley didn't replace him until the third album, right? So, so at that time, right there, that's my band that I would take mm-hmm. and keep, and that's to me like one of the greatest bands of all time. Yeah, those dudes right there. And like if if like let's say that somehow in some you know parallel fucking universe or whatever, all these dudes were exclusively signed to Rainbow for the next seven years. Yeah, couldn't get out of it. Had to play together. I think they would have came up with some of the greatest shit ever, 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 ever. I could you see know? that. Of course, I wouldn't risk the the shit that they ended up all doing. You know. Yeah. But still in all, it would have been, I think, fucking radical. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Bob Daisley has had a, a hell of a career. He was, yeah. I think he was a very underrated bass player. Yeah. Underrated bass player and songwriter. And songwriter. He's had his hands in a lot of shit. Yeah. It's yeah. like every time you turn around, you know, it's, you know, he's some, he's in something. Right. <laughs> right. right. But um, that's the thing is, is, you know what? As much as I like Bob you know, Jimmy Bain, not no slouch either. No, I like Jimmy Bain. And, uh, you know, Rising, for me, is the definitive Rainbow Right, record. I agree. Um, it's, Everyone agrees except Dio. 
Everybody except for Dio, yeah. <laughs> where he he doesn't like it. He yeah. likes this. He he does not like the the second the side. The second side, which, which is like the best side. It's two songs. Yeah. It's it's two fucking sick ass two songs. Amazing songs. Yeah. To, but I think you know Rainbow Rising. This is where I consider the kind of like the real start of Rainbow. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stuff on that. That first album that was great, but mm-hmm. you could, like I said, it was it's Elf plus Richie Blackmore. This right. When he's got his whole his whole band together that he wanted mm-hmm. that, for his sound that he wanted, mm-hmm. and it's everybody going off. And this is where Rainbow is gels as as a concept, mm-hmm. and it's also I would say right up there when we're talking about before like influential. Uh, metal bands. Oh yeah, I would still wouldn't quite call them metal. Right, but they're influential in metal, and with this is one of the most influential albums. Right. In you know hard rock history. Right. Because where, you know, Judas Priest had you know the definitive heavy metal sound, mm-hmm. and then you had Black Sabbath with what really was the the architecture for like doom metal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that rising is really the prototype for power metal right going forward like every other band that's kind of like the swords and sorcery and this and that they're mm-hmm. all borrowing from this record right in some way shape or form right and so that's why for me it speaks that much more to yeah. me because it's such an influential record in general. Right. Now getting into that, getting into that where uh, <coughs> it's a it's a constant topic. You know what is hard rock? What is heavy metal? What makes something more of one or the other? And to me, in Rainbow, you have a lot of the concepts that start turning something towards metal. There's there's no danceability factor to Stargazer, okay? Yeah. You know, that's, to me, one of the elements that makes something metal. You can't dance to it. Right. And then also, too, the, the lyrical themes. It's not love. It's not some of the things that rock and roll is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fucking mystical, magical, fucking dark shit. So that kind of makes it more metal also. Right then, also the Richie bringing in the classical, fucking medieval fucking influence mm-hmm. that makes it more metal to me, you know. And finally, one thing that I noticed in watching that uh, the Rainbow Live in Munich mm. um, video is that that's seventy seven, and Cozy Powell is wearing all black. With cut off black cut off sleeves, with a black spiked belt and black spiked wristbands on both arms. That's during a time that fucking Judas Priest was wearing fucking flowing fucking silk <laughs> fucking uh, whatever the fuck yeah whatever robes and shit. Yeah, I think that 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 Cozy Powell in Rainbow in 1977 was the inventor of the heavy metal look as far as playing in a band on stage. I could see that. And, you know, he he invented that. And then you also have Dio 
inventing yeah. the horns. Yeah. You know, so it's the all the staples are there. Right. It's kind of like, you know, you have all the ingredients. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's not what you're trying to make. Right. right. Now. So it's like the all the ingredients are there. I think really. It's so it, like you said. It's so weird to kind of define what is heavy metal, right. what is hard rock. Right. At the end of the day, I just you just know it. Yeah. Also, yeah. too, a lot of times with some with some of these things, I can I can fit the song easier than I can fit the band mm-hmm. because the band's got a lot of songs. They might have some songs that lean towards the hard rock and some mm-hmm. songs that lean more metal. Some bands are just strictly metal, fucking Slayer, whatever yeah. the fuck you know. Um, but some are in that realm, and so you know, whatever. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really fucking matter. But you know, it just something to fucking discuss. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is with um, that. This is why my problem with you know, it's I gave the later lineups more of a try, right? Because really, the thing that all the things that you listed that you you know why you consider Rainbow more metal than hard rock right. are all the reasons why I like Rainbow. Exactly. <coughs> you know? Right. And once they got away from that, mm-hmm. I it's it's just less interesting to me. Totally. You know, it's I'm not saying they're a bad band because right. I, I really do enjoy the you know, uh, the Graham Bonnet right. stuff right. a lot. Um, I think he's a very good hard rock singer and they're a very good hard rock band. But you got those danceable songs up in there. Totally. You can dance to, you know, Since You've Been Gone. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, you can dance to All Night Long. Right. And right. And, <laughs> and coincidentally, <clears throat> I was around when those songs were on the radio. You know, this is like 81, 80, 81. And Since You've Been Gone's on the radio, All Night Long's on the radio. Uh, I knew... Who they were there was there was videos they didn't play there wasn't MTV yet but there was videos that would you know you'd see them every once in a while and, at the, and then MTV started and they played Rainbow mm-hmm. and um, it was again I was barely getting into metal so you know I liked those songs man they were like you know they were cool or whatever um, later on I would get into way more heavier shit but I liked them enough, and that was uh, when Graham Bonnet was in the band. He didn't last in the band, obviously. Yeah. You know, um, because, and you know, and I was um, aware of what Richie was talking about because to me, like growing up in San Diego, <clears throat> you see a dude that looks like Graham Bonnet, and that's like a Navy dude mm-hmm. or a cop. You know, it's not like a lead singer of a fucking hard yeah, rock band. Mr. Vegas. You know, exactly. He calls him Mr. Vegas. Um, so I was right there with that. I was like, what's up with this guy? You know, I mean, because even like Foreigner and those dudes had long hair. You know, yeah. It wasn't like it was a determining factor of being heavy. But it was just like not to not be weird. I do want to say, um, I had mentioned this to you before, way before we came up with this podcast idea. I think I was watching the, the music video for uh, All Night Long, mm-hmm. and it's just one of the most unintentionally hilarious music oh, yeah. videos of all time, oh, because yeah. it's like, you got a guy that doesn't look like he he's, should be in the band, really, right. and then uh, 
all of a sudden it cuts to the chick dancing on the side of the stage yeah. and it's fucking hilarious oh, for yeah. some reason because it's like that early 80s hot chick that's yeah she's like she might be 21 she might be 40 yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just the whole thing it's just like it's unintentionally hilarious which is that's what hard rock and metal was in the early 80s right i wanted to get to that real quick because i love the guitar riff in that song and i unabashedly love the lyrics to this song because they're that you know how we talked before that, you know, at its best, hard rock and metal is just kind of that right amount of stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the lyrics in this song. Um, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of good ones to pull, but yeah. the one I wanted to come out with is I have a hard time not laughing whenever I listen to it. It's yeah. just, uh, your mind is dirty, but your hands are clean. Yeah. <laughs> you show no class, but your legs are long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's Yeah, he's like, an interesting lyricist. And uh, honestly, I think that this, this is what I'm looking at. I think they got the lyrics wrong because of the you show no class, but your yeah. legs are... I always heard of that as you're short of class, yeah, but your legs that, are long. That's what I think it is. Which makes more... This is why yeah. it's so much funnier, because your it's, mind is dirty, but your hands are clean. You're yeah. short of class, but your legs are long. Right. It's like, that's a perfect stupid rock, yeah. cock rock. And, and I'm pretty lyrics. sure that is the, that is the lyric. Um, but, you yeah, know, that's hilarious. Just yeah. there's... Yeah, real, real... real the whole thing is Real amazing. insulting love song. You yeah. know, uh, the funny thing is, like, you know... Um, the album version is like I need a, um, I need a girl who can keep her head all yeah, night long. Yeah. If you listen to it live, he changes yeah. it to I need a girl that can give me head all yeah, night long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, which that's what cocaine does to you. Yeah, but <laughs> that that version yeah. of Rainbow, I think I like because Graham Bonnet is so fucking wacky. I guess is the only way to call him. He's yeah. just so kind of like he's. Singing some of the stupidest rock music, but he's singing really well, and I really right. like the sound of his voice, and I like how he sounds singing the old shit. Right, too. you know him. I in some of the live recordings, I almost prefer his version of "Man on the Silver Mountain." Oh, really? And it, wow, that's out there. It's out there because <laughs> his voice has such a distinct quality to it. Not that Dio's doesn't, right? But I think it's also because um, Richie's guitar sound. It's yeah. so much fatter around yeah. that era. Yeah. So it's just... That's true. You know. Bum, 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 bum. It's yeah. just really fucking hitting hard. And it's right. working. And it's funny because I'll send you the thing. I think I've posted it before. But one of the live recordings, it sounds amazing. And Graham Bonnet fucks up the first verse. Right. You know, he comes in to the first verse and starts off like the second, but then he tries to pull it back to the first and say, yeah. <laughs> so the whole first verse is jacked up, but yeah. he's, he's still like singing his ass off. He's right. doing it real good. Right. You know, Graham Bonnet was a, was a very, very acquired taste for me because, and acquired over time because mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously using rainbow, dug it, you know, and then, you know, I was w- really into Michael Shanker, and he joins Michael Shanker's band. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, okay, well, you know." And then, and then, um, he forms and then Alcatraz. Alcatraz, and so fucking, so I'm force fed fucking uh, 
Everywhere grand you, bonnet, yeah. Everywhere you turn, grand right. bonnets in that shit. And, by, like, and by the end, you know, it, it's like one of the, it's like an arranged marriage where you yeah. fall in love at the end, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. And so, I, so yeah, man, grand bonnet, fuck yeah. You know, but at the time, I was not like, oh, you know, I was this like, when, bomb. when, yeah, no, when Jolene Turner came in, I was like, good. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's good. You know, and also, too, like, I don't know, this is going to sound fucking weird, but, you know, Richie is always talking about, oh, yeah, you know, I needed, uh, you know, Ian, Ian Gillen really brought all the chicks, you know, and whatever, whatever. So, I like, I like when he said when he got Coverdale, he wasn't sure Coverdale was going to bring chicks. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, to me, like, Coverdale was like a, was like a better looking dude than Ian Gillen. Yeah. Whatever. So, I don't really know. But I guess that's Richie's taste. Well, but Richie's taste in men is eclectic. I is guess. eclectic, yeah. <laughs> but then when he when he got um, Jolene Turner, I was like, oh yeah, that's my taste too. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking yeah. Like I would think that he would bring chicks. Yeah. You know, that's what I would. That's just what I would think. I think so, Jolene Turner looks weird, man. He is. He does look weird because, like, especially he looks weird once you find out that that has always been a wig <laughs> the whole time. That's true. You know, it's like, that's what you went with. Yeah, that kind of that kind of makes. But yeah, but at the time, you know, I thought, should I even try to like grow my hair like that? Oh, Which Jesus was Christ. like impossible, obviously, because it was a wig. <laughs> but uh, oh man. But yeah, you know, and and it was around that time. That um, MTV, like I, I posted on on Facebook about it. I used to have this boombox. Mm-hmm. It was a Montgomery Ward boombox, and it had a little TV on it, right? And I could plug it into the cable, right? So anything that was showing on the TV, I could record it on the cassette. Oh shit! Yeah. So when they would have like MTV concerts or weird shit that they would have like on Night Flight or Midnight Special or any of that shit, I'd record it. And so I got some good fucking shit that way. I got like a um, the Aussie, like the, the, uh, the Speak of the Devil video, which is the, his normal live set uh-huh. with Brad Gillis, which was, which was nobody had that at yeah, the time. Yeah, that's like nowhere to be found yeah. nowadays. Yeah, so you I can't had even buy that. the album now. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't it's, know that. It's, I haven't seen it. Anywhere, it's kind oh, of wow. like out of the catalog now. Wow, that's a trip. Um, so I got that. I got... Uh, you're um, a spoiled fucking kid, man. No, dude. When I want to... Well, dude, <laughs> uh, fuck you with your fancy-ass Montgomery Ward boom. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah it I took me years to, re- to get that motherfucker. What I wanted to record some shit off of MTV, I had to hold up my boombox to the fucking TV. Oh, jeez. I, no, I was just tech-savvy. I had that's some of those... Yeah, I, had I was some, cutting edge for 1982. I Believe had, that shit. I had some of those mixtapes that it's, you know... Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you try to get it in time so you don't miss the first few seconds of the song. Right. You cross but you don't want to have the dude talking. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you cross your finger that your mom isn't fucking calling you to come to dinner. Yeah. In the background for it. <laughs> and shit. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna get this Nirvana oh, yeah. video. See, that's crazy. Dinner's ready. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> See, yeah. I always knew about adapters and fucking and making shit plug in. I always like I used to experiment with that shit when I was real little. But anyways, so one of the things that I got was they played that 1982 uh, live in Texas mm-hmm. video on MTV and I recorded it onto a cassette so I had that it was like a live album basically on cassette 
And they later on came out with an album that was like called Live Between the Eyes. But I never actually yeah. saw that record. So I, you know, I didn't know about it. But I had that cassette. And I'd seen the video. And once the, I, we were not to the point where I could record the video yet. Yeah. I didn't have no VCR. But um, when I saw that shit, that was when I was like, okay, I put it all together. I was like, okay, this is Richie Blackmore. That's his band. This is the same dude who used to be in Deep Purple. He played fucking Smoke on the Water and all that <clears> shit. <throat> and now he's playing these kind of fucking more poppy songs and shit. But for the live performance, he's going even fucking crazier over the top to like make up for it. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. And I was just like, oh yeah, I love this. I <laughs> mean, like, I, the whole thing. And the song sounded much better live. Richie was fucking all over the fucking place. He fucking had like, he had this reel to reel fucking tape thing on stage with him that was like a fucking long term tape echo that he mm -hmm. was like, Doing on stage, I hadn't seen anybody else do that. You know, he was fucking, he was Hendrix to me, like straight up. When I seen that shit, uh, that was like probably what people, the response they had when they saw Hendrix, yeah. you know. Well, you know, for me, it's interesting with Rainbow especially. Rainbow is a thing I came into later in life. Right. Um, I did not. Through Dio. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I did not listen to Rainbow for the first time until in my 30s. Right. Uh, because then it was a YouTube era and I was able to look shit up. And right. I distinctly remember this. Well, that changed I, everything. Yeah. yeah. I distinctly remember this in high school, hanging out with all the metalhead kids. And we're, we're clowning on the 80s bands and all the hair metal bands. And I'm like, oh, they got fucking fruity bands like Cinderella and mm -hmm. this and that. So I was naming all the na bands that I mo the majority of them I've never even seen or mm -hmm. heard. But just the like names of bands that sounded gay, that sounded Jackal. gay, and I said Rainbow. Yeah, and I start my friend Anthony Lavis. Uh, shout out to him. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually been listening to this podcast a little oh, bit. Oh, cool. I haven't seen Lavis in a minute, but we're, we might need to hang out at some point and get a beer. But uh, he immediately goes like, "Dude, Rainbow's pretty fucking sick." Yeah, and I'm like, "Really?" Yeah. And then I think he may mention he's like, "Yeah, that's the dude from Deep Purple." Yeah. And then I just didn't think much of it after that. Because I yeah. didn't really... It's, it was 1998. Right. I had no fucking real access to, like, finding it. Like, I couldn't just hop on the internet yeah, and yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah. Like, Napster was a year or two away. Right. You know, type of thing. So I just kind of shuffled that to the back of my head. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Rainbow for years and years and years. I think I'd seen it pop up in some things where, you know, people talk about, like, cool bands. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I was very much a metal, I don't want to say purist with things, but it was like for years, I didn't even want to fuck with anything in Black Sabbath's catalog that wasn't Aussie. <laughs> so what happened was I bought a, uh, this is the trajectory. I, bought, I was working at Sears mm -hmm. um, in like around 2005, 2006, in my mid-20s. I just snatched up uh, another... Black Sabbath's greatest hits mm -hmm. album that wasn't your you sold we sold our souls for rock and roll right and they had a couple of the non-Aussie songs on it 
they, they basically had Heaven and Hell and then Zero the Hero. And the rest was all Aussie shit. Mm-hmm. So they kind of gave you a taste. Yeah. So I was like, I remember my friend Sean telling me, he's like, hey, man, uh, I'm listening to the, the Heaven and Hell album. This was in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I don't hate it. This is actually really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh, I'm going to have to check out, you know, Dio era Black Sabbath at some mm-hmm. point. Because I wasn't even super into Dio yet. Right. And I li- then I listened to Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, hell yeah. This is fucking good. Fuck yeah. And then I started getting, that led me to buying like, uh, like the Dio years. Uh, right. Compilation for Black Sabbath, and then I started getting more into Dio because I only knew like Holy Diver right. and shit from Dio. So I started fucking with that a lot more, and I got mm-hmm. super into Dio. Mm-hmm. Like it did not take long. <laughs> right. And then one, like just one day, I was like, oh yeah, Dio was in Rainbow. Right. Like, that's how he got known, and that's and got hired to be into Black Sabbath. Right. I need to listen to that. Mm. So the first Rainbow song I listened to, I basically just Google, you know, went into YouTube and was looking for Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. And I, I basically, I had read stuff about it on Wikipedia, like what they're about. I'm like, oh, I'm all into all this stuff. So I went, wanted to pick the one that sounded the most what I'd be into. Mm-hmm. So I click on Stargazer. Oh, wow. And that shit fucking blew me away. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was basically an immediate, like, I looked up a couple more songs, and then, boom, I bought, like, you know, the the three Dio albums, and I was fucking hooked. Mm-hmm. Like, obsessively hooked. So, I, like, I this was at this point, I met you and shit. So, you had been hyping up Rainbow a bit more. Yeah. So, I was like... It's funny because I started getting more and more of these bands from the 80s and the 70s that it were I never really had before. And I was right. in like my, my 30s. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. And I was just like, I felt like a kid again, like discovering things. Yeah. And then it got sad because it's like I discovered shit well after it's all over, so I uh-huh. can't fucking see it. So that's why when the new version of Rainbow was announced, right, I was like... Oh my God! I might yeah. be able to see Rainbow. Yeah, and then. But it, you weren't like you didn't have realistic expectations of what it was going to be. No, I just yeah, thought Richie Blackmore is going to show up and it's going to be the sickest thing ever. Yeah, and he uh, always hires like sick musicians. Yeah. and this and that. And then, you, yeah, and and then because you know, like I mean, like there's dudes. Keith Richards comes to mind. Where you know I'm not a fan, but he fucking. He still moves around and fucking yeah. does all kinds of fucking shit. And I was like, well, you know, maybe Richie is still, you know, but nope. no. No, nope, that's and not Richie Blackmore anymore. That's, nah, that's some dude. Yeah, that's, you know. That's some dude in a, in a whack ass. That's OG Rich. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's old man Rich in his weird hat. Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned it before, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things where I listen back to past episodes and I. The tar- one of the hardest times I laugh is when we kind of mention it in like one of the Kiss episodes and you're just that hat sucks yeah yeah <laughs> you're yeah. like hot take on Richie Blackmore's yeah. new hat no you know? shit but yeah. it was like you know and the thing is is when it first was announced and then 
what they it happened. Yeah. And it's in Germany, you know. Right, right. So we're all like one of the second we're able to it's on some of it's on YouTube and this and that. I'm jumping on that shit. Yeah. And I'm sending it to you. And yeah. we're texting back and forth. Yeah. This is fucking rad. This yeah. Ronnie Romero dude, he's yeah. so this he's a really fucking good singer. I'm really impressed. And then it's like it, what it felt like to me was uh there's a phrase that some nerds kind of call this sometimes. It's mm-hmm. uh, episode one excitement. Uh, the When I saw the Star Wars episode one in movie theaters mm-hmm. as a teenager, uh, I've been wanting to see a new Star Wars in the movies forever. And then when I did, I was just excited to see a Star Wars movie. And I'm like, yeah, lightsabers mm, and fuck, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, when you start seeing it again, you're like, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, it was cool that there was lightsabers, but Jar Jar Binks sucks, and right. this kid sucks. There's things about this that suck. And yeah. then when I started listening to it, when I listened to the audio mm-hmm. more without the video, mm. where it's just my ears. Mm. I'm like, this isn't very good. Yeah. It's like, and the funny thing is, is it's, it's rainbow quotation marks, mm-hmm. but it was, it's, that's why I call it like Richie Blackmore and friends because it was playing a fuck ton of deep purple mm-hmm. and a, a little bit of rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I mean, it was probably more 50, 50 than mm-hmm. I give it credit for, but it was Blackmore gone out there and doing his catalog, you know? Doing playing the hits that he hasn't played in a while. Yeah, yeah. And when he was doing rainbow shit, he would do like "Smoke on the Water" mm-hmm. or "Burn" mm-hmm. or something like that, or "Perfect Strangers." Sometimes with the uh, the Doogie uh, version, they would, they would do "Perfect Strangers" on stage. Right. Um, but for the most part, he was sticking to his his rainbow shit. Mm-hmm. And with him out there, I mean, it's cool. That he's playing more of his deep purple shit, but at this point, there's a dude playing your deep purple shit better than you right now. Yeah, and he uh, supposedly this this round of shows it's gonna be all rainbow shit with a couple of deep purple songs or whatever. But I mean, like they were talking about making a new record. I don't see any reason for that. You know, Um, I don't like you know. Can this guy write lyrics? What whatever it is, you know. Also, too, man. I mean, that this is gonna sound super, super, super shallow, but I'm not a fan of accents. Like, yeah, you know, if I if if you came with accents already, like fucking scorpions or something, <laughs> I accept your accent. Duh, you know? we are the accept, scorpions. Yeah. we play heavy metal right. music. Yeah, but if <laughs> but now but now if you had a singer for the scorpions that didn't have an accent, I would be like, fuck that. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not fucking right, you know? Yeah. And so, for whatever reason, even though it's a Spanish accent, hello, it shouldn't fucking not bother yeah. me at all. It fucking, it's yeah, not, it's, eh, whatever. It's, that 50%, it's, just, it's just an added thing. It's that, like, 50% native yeah. DNA in you. Yeah. That's your, like, fuck those accents. Yeah. That's, the, that's the accent yeah. to the conquerors. Yeah. But, um, fuck you colonizers. But, yeah, for, for me, when I fucking found Rainbow, it was, Dio was already in Sabbath. So Dio's in Sabbath at the time, and Joe Lynn Turner's in Rainbow, and um, and you know, and at the time it was a fucking thing that I haven't mentioned yet. I don't know why, but at the time back then it was fucking Circus Magazine, Hit Parader Magazine. Those were the fucking like we'd run to fucking get them. 
the first day they came out. Yeah. And the fucking news was like three months old. That was printed in there because mm-hmm. that's how long it used to take to get to the fucking... That's like you what... The, I hate to keep going back to pro wrestling, but there's enough pro wrestling podcasts that I don't need to start with. Those, <laughs> but, um, that's how it was when I was a kid and I'd get like WWF magazine. Yeah. Like it had pay-per-view results that were like three months old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the news we'd be getting on the new... Ozzy's new guitar player was fucking, you know... And they would and they would get things wrong, like like when we found out about uh, Jakey Lee getting hired, <clears throat> they because um, Jake Jakey Lee's name is Jake Williams, yeah. right? And so they when they announced that uh, the new guitar player for Ozzy, they wrote it as Jakey Lou Williams. <laughs> So I was like, okay, Jakey Lou, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's how we they would ha- find out about this. Hey, they hired Jiffy Lou. Jiffy Lou for Ozzy. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, so so I already knew that. Names are important, man. If you don't got a cool rock name, I'm probably not going to fuck with you. Right? I mean, it, it would help. You that's know, why it, uh, Vinny Vincent became Vinny Vincent. Yeah. You know, because Gene Simmons said it was like, you know, Vincent something yeah Cusano or Vin, something yeah like Vin, Vincent Cusano yeah and he say he sounds like a fucking fruit vendor yeah something You're like that. Vincent now yeah yeah whatever it is yeah totally and, and he knows all about it from his see once you've when you've changed your own name yeah. to be a have a rock name it's that much easier for you to tell other motherfuckers that they have to do that yeah too, well then know? at that point it's kind of funny uh, you know Jeans over here saying that sounds like a fucking fruit vendor, you know. Yeah. Let's see, you're Vinnie Vincent now, and then Vinnie Vincent's over here like, actually, I'm yeah. an old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's like you got it all wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but so anyway, I'm so Virginia. Yeah. So I fe- so I knew that Dio used to be in, in Rainbow, right? And I, he was in Sabbath now, and I loved him. So and I loved Rainbow. So I was thinking, I, I was pretty much kind of thinking that's weird because how did Dio sing these kind of songs, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was really just a matter of <clears throat> finding, like, finding the records at the swap meet or yeah. something like that where bar, finding them in somebody's stack of records where I could borrow and record it because, like, you know, money fucking in, and, like, a... a you had to like spend your money on the current shit that you couldn't get no other way. Yeah. You know, whereas that old shit, you just waited until you fucking came across it. So finally, I came across like the first album first. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh yeah, fucking this is, you know, and already like in my mind, somehow like I can do this shit in my mind and other people can't do it. Because, you know, like when I was shopping around a, a, a rap demo that I did, uh-huh. people were like, well, these beats are whack. And I was like, yeah, so like imagine it over a good beat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, what the fuck's so hard about it? Listen to the rhyme part. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I could always do that. Like in my mind, I could always do that. So I could like, I could hear fucking uh, Ray, the, the first Rainbow album with like a more heavier fucking like Dio-esque guitar yeah. sound you know in my mind or whatever so I knew how sick it was you know it was just like fucking this, like, this, this has to be amazing yeah 
and and it got like you said rising for me is the fucking the culmination I like the band better from Long Live Rock and Roll, but the songs better from yeah. from Rising. Long Live so, Rock and Roll is good, but it's just it's it kind of seems like everybody's kind of peace out on that yeah, one. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, to give an analogy, like Long Live Long Live Rock and Roll is to Rising as and Justice for All is to Master of Puppets. Right. Exactly. It's exactly that. It's kind of it's along the same lines. Yeah. It's a solid follow up. Yeah. But it doesn't surpass it. Right. And it doesn't almost sound like all the way finished. Like if they yeah. had more time or they could have done mean, more. There are some tracks on it that are killer. Right. Like Rainbow Eyes is a great ballad. Oh yeah. And you know, Kill the King. Yeah. It's a, a it's fucking great. good fucking song, but. Yeah, there's songs on and there, then yeah. and then Long Live Rock and Roll is a live staple. And they yeah. all the versions of the band. Yeah, yeah. and the funny thing is, is, I don't like it that much. Yeah, it's all I, I like it. I like it. It's all it's, right. It's it's, uh, it's comforting or whatever it is. It's it's cool, I guess. But here's the thing. I think we've talked about this before when we're talking about some of our favorite Rainbow songs, especially from that era. Anytime it's straying away from the the sword and sorcery and magic and all that theme, mm-hmm. I'm kind of less interested into it, yeah. in it because I'm 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 going to it specifically for that, right? Which is like why I don't like Black Sheep of the Family, yeah, that's what yeah, and yeah. stuff like that because right. it's like you know, it's not kind of the, it's not what I'm into it for, right? So I can get around that and then listen to you know Temple of the King, right? Shit like that, fucking Gates of Babylon, yeah, yeah, but yeah, totally. One thing that we have to fucking talk about if we're going to talk about Rainbow mm-hmm. is we actually have to talk about the Rainbow. The Rainbow. Yes. Because I was watching a thing today again, and I had, I had seen it a bunch of times before, but it was like they were explaining it. And yeah. there's 4,000 lights in this thing. Yeah. And they fucking have to put it together. Like every fucking, yeah. you know, there's scaffolding and shit and to where now, I mean, now when you look at it, it's like a nothing fucking thing. They yeah. can fucking project that shit on a screen and it yeah. would look just the same. It's like, you this know? took, this cost $80 million yeah, dollars yeah. and five men died exactly, assembling. Exactly, <laughs> you know. and It's and, haunted with the souls yeah. of fucking workers. And it makes all. sound. It makes it like a... That is, I, we talked about this before, that is my favorite part when you listen to the live recordings. Yeah. It's so live yeah. that you hear the sound. Yeah. And that's such, I don't know what it is about that sound, but they don't, they didn't turn the rainbow on immediately. Right. They do a few songs. And yeah. And Dio makes a big unveiling thing. It's yeah. like, this is for all of you. We did this for you and this yeah. and that. And the, what, it let's is, turn it on. And then you hear just, yeah. and you just hear this. Yeah. Bleh, yeah. As yeah. it's powered yeah, it's up. started up, yeah. And it's, I don't know, there's something kind of cool about that, especially since it's captured yeah. on the live record. Right. You can hear it. Right. And it's a trip because it's something that other bands weren't doing and that probably the the thought of that was like the seed of fucking Dio having fucking dragons and shit on stage. Yeah. Or later, <laughs> you know. Or when... Uh, Sabbath had the uh, the infamous uh, Stonehenge yeah. thing that they they inverted it as a joke on uh, Spinal Tap. Right, right, right. Where right. they made a tiny Stonehenge. Yeah, yeah. Where in, uh, you know, when Sabbath wanted their Stonehenge set, someone fucking 
misread it or something. I think they did what what was supposed to be in feet in like meters or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something because um, it was like three times the size. Yeah, yeah. because it was done. I, I guess because somebody jotted down the stuff in like the, uh, you know, the system we use, and then it, somebody built it but used the same numbers but in like metric or something like that. Right. And they had this giant fucking set thing that was just ridiculous that yep. was not it was way too big and yep. barely fit into the fucking <laughs> arena apparently hilarious <laughs> and also another thing that Dio continued to do all the way through the rest of the bands that he got in um, in Rainbow and I know you're not a fan was the medley the live medley I, okay I like the live medleys to an extent. I, <laughs> medleys are cool. Yeah. You know, they're fun. It's, yeah. But it's like I said, when I listen to the um, Live Evil. Right. And I listen to uh, Heaven and Hell. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. And then there's like five minutes of a weird solo from Iomi that doesn't sound that good because he's not a shredder. Yeah. But he's trying to shred. Yeah. And it's fucking noisy and awkward. Yeah. And then yeah. it took and then it goes into another song. And I'm like, they didn't even fucking play the coolest part I have in an owl. The way yeah. they fucking they pick up the tempo. Yeah. So I was bent and then I sat down and listened to it again and then I started listening a bit more. And then yeah. like two songs later, the yeah. medley goes yeah. into that part of Heaven and Hell. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. Like, I'm less angry about it now. Right. The sound quality still sucks. <laughs> and the thing is, is this is one thing with that version of Heaven and Hell too. I don't know when it started, but Dio adds an entire fucking verse mm-hmm. live that's mm-hmm. not on the album. Oh yeah. You know. Totally. It, you hear it on every live version of it though. Right. And I was like, yeah. When did, why wasn't that on the album? It's yeah. A, it's a cool enough verse. For but I sure. I guess they decided they didn't need it to be even longer. Yeah. You know, I always talk about fucking Blackmore. Mm-hmm. I think that he's like, a lot of people took a lot of, a lot from him, you know? And, <coughs> and yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, and I mean, you know, I would have done the same thing. You know, I, I mean, I, I planned. On you tried to do the same thing. thing. Yeah. So, and, but. And the drugs took hold. Right. But one funny thing about uh, Blackmore is that he also tends to rip himself off. You know, like in later days, he'll record uh, the same riff on a different You can sing, I think I know where you're going with this, we've talked about this before, but you can pretty much sing Smoke on the Water over... Man on the Silver Mountain. Yeah, it's it's the it's the different intervals of yeah. the same, pretty much the same riff. Yeah, yeah. and There's you could pretty much fit. You could kind of do the same thing with All Night Long. Right. It's kind of the same. With a couple of yes. Um, yeah, and then uh, just like from we, from different eras and stuff, like uh, the Do You Close Your Eyes riff. Mm-hmm. You can find that riff in fucking Power. Mm-hmm. got the power Da-na-na-na. that mm-hmm. part and then in tight squeeze which is a hilarious song <laughs> for me you know I just fucking I laugh every time I fucking hear that song I can't that's the same riff from LA Connection yeah so Richie likes to I mean, you know just as much as other people ripped him off he fucking borrows from himself too so. well I think I think that's one of those deals there where 
you have your signature sound and your signature style mm -hmm. and you go back to it mm -hmm. and you know sometimes you're gonna come up with some riffs that sound like other riffs or songs that sound like other songs i think a lot of bands do right that. right unless they're like super experimental right at some point you're gonna play some shit that sounds like your older shit yeah and yeah. you know metallica does that you know especially the last couple albums they have some songs that that has some similarities to past for ones. sure and you know what and after a certain time i mean fuck dude how many know? how many more riffs but then right? again iomi could always do it he could always do it, just something brand new yeah so there you oh, go that's why, he, that's why <laughs> it can be done <laughs> that's why he's the riff master exactly now. exactly you know, he's not the best soloist but he well, nobody I mean, can yeah. write a riff like no. iomi no no so all right, so for favorite songs, what would you go with? I would go with, I'm going to go with, I'm going to start with my honorable mentions because all my favorite songs are all off of the Dio right. era. And I, I would have said, let's talk about our favorite album, but we both know it's fucking rising, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> my honorable mentions are all night long because of, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's got a good riff and I laugh and it entertains me. And, right. Uh, Lost in Hollywood, I think, is a very underrated song okay. for that album. Um, as far as my favorite songs, I think we've already kind of telegraphed that one a little bit. My all-time favorite is Stargazer. Mm -hmm. um, Temple of the King is right up there. Right. Uh, Light in the Black, Kill the King... Um, 16th century green sleeves right. and then you know whenever I want to fucking chill out uh, I put on Catch the Rainbow right and yeah. that's my that might be my one I, I might I, I've been trying so damn hard to get my wife into some of the shit that I'm into right I might say listen to this mm -hmm. and tell me what you think about it right you know because she was super, before I met her, she was super into Renfair shit. Mm -hmm. So I thought Rainbow would be the fucking Perfect. hard rock band that would speak to her. Right. And I think I tried putting it on because she does like classic rock and shit. We right. have bands that we do enjoy together. Right. But I don't think she's really listening because we're in the car. Right. I might be like, do me a favor. Listen to this song. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think. Now listen to some of these other songs. Listen to Temple of the King and tell me what you think about it. And mm -hmm. maybe we can work from there. Yeah. But yeah, that's Catch the Rainbow is right. such a such a fucking good oh, yeah. hard rock ballad. Yeah. I mean, it's technically, it bites off a little wing a bit. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which Richie will tell you. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even fucking, he doesn't even pretend. Yeah. He fucking says, oh yeah, we got that from this. Yeah. We got this from that. Yeah, his interviews now are so fucking bizarre. It's like yeah. he's fucking, he, I mean, he's definitely got some kind of a mental thing going yeah, on. Yeah, he's you probably know? autistic or, some or some, shit. something. <laughs> but whatever it is, you know, he, he's the best. Um, for me, uh, I love all those songs that you that you mentioned. Those are all my favorite ones, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love fucking um, Rainbow Eyes. Also you know, fucking th those are the ones. Those are the kind of songs that I, that I put forth when I go. Oh, you know what? Here, this dude can sing. Watch. Yeah. Listen to this. You know. Um, and for Richie, really, I mean, 
It's more about I try to get every fucking piece of live video with mm-hmm. the fuck on Blackmore so that I can I'll, you know I'll watch the same fucking tour different shows because I know it's gonna be fucking different and you know and if and like you can see a video where fucking somebody throws a fucking frisbee on the stage and fucking Richie's fucking playing with the frisbee for fucking two minutes. Now, if that was a fucking live album, you wouldn't fucking be like, what the fuck is that sound? Why does it sound like that? But you know, but you can see it. So I watch every fucking thing that I can and some of those fucking videos, the ones that are good, and and some of it's coming out more and more now. Um, That fucking, uh, that uh, 77 concert, the Munich in high def, Mm-hmm. Fucking quit it, you know. Uh, that I hope I hope that um, they do a remaster of that live between the eyes. There's also one in that tour from Japan where where uh, he plays with the symphony and shit. And every single one of them, he goes off in a fucking different way. Yeah, and it's fucking. And to me, that's that's the fucking magic of Rainbow. You know, it's the magic and it's the fucking detriment at the same time because. It's what happens when one guy is in charge and when one guy's the guy who has other better options. It's almost like a, like in a relationship. Yeah. You know, if the fucking chick is fucking super hot and super in demand and the dude's just a scrub, it, the, the, the dynamic's not going to fucking work right. Yeah. Same other way, you know, whatever it is. So, like, <clears throat> when one guy's in charge, nobody can say no. You know, um, the music suffers, the... the um, the, the duration of the band suffers. Certain dudes get their fucking egos bruised and whatever, whatever. And then the band just doesn't last as long as it should have. Yeah. That Dio era band, I mean, fuck, dude. That, to me, like, there could be, you know, that if that had continued, maybe there would be a band that was better than Sabbath, better than yeah. uh, Maiden, better than, you know... And as it stands, no, it's it's not. It's uh, Rainbow is a great band in what it was, but it's so much of a greater band in what it could have been. Yeah, you know, it's that's the I mean that's the Rishi Blackmore dilemma. Yeah, it's like that with Deep Purple. Yeah. The exactly. lineups couldn't stick together. Yeah. Same with Rainbow. But I'll take it. You know, it's like it's like when when it's a fucking genius, you know, it's fucking yeah. whatever. You get some you know? amazing shit. Yeah, you know, out of it. You know, you're yeah. gonna get some stuff you might not dig, but right. you're gonna also get rising. You know? Rising. And, yep. You know? And he might fucking set himself on fire with a crack pipe, or fucking you never know yeah. what the fuck's gonna happen with these fucking <laughs> dudes that are just super fucking the was. But um, all right, so we've come to the end of another episode of the Hit the Light podcast. Um, did we already decide we were going to do next week? I don't think we quite did. So no. we'll, we'll surprise everybody. We'll surprise uh, everyone. We'll make a decision. It might be something more current, whatever it is. So uh, signing off for the Hit the Light podcast, this is Big Frog and Stargazer Michael Castleberry. Until the next one, we're out. <laughs>